It says I'm am I on? Oh, okay. I didn't have anything last service. I had to scream. <clears throat> well, I uh, I understand that um, I, I should be thankful that any of you are here today, um, because <laughs> because um, Huckabee's preaching at Destiny, and so that's no pressure, right? <laughs> no pressure at all. And then I've got a bishop here. No pressure, just none at all. So. Um, why not have the old guy, what was it, the old priest, <laughs> preach today? So that's what's happening. Right, I know, I know. Well, for the past five weeks, we've been looking at the coming of the Holy Spirit. First, we had Pentecost, then the marks of the early church. On Pentecost, we saw that Jesus' promise of the Holy Spirit was fulfilled. When the 120 who were gathered together in an upper room, suddenly there was a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues. Then we learned that the early church was devoted to Jesus. Remember back there, devoted? Uh, they were devoted to Jesus. It was not, it was a 24-7, a 365 devotion, not just a if it's not raining, if it's not cold, if it's not too hot, I'll be there. They were there daily. They met for the apostles' teaching, for the fellowship, for prayers, and the breaking of bread. Daily they met together. Then we learned about fellowship. Certainly, you know, I come to church to worship and praise Jesus. But do you know why I really come? I come because I want to be with you. That's why I'm really here. I want fellowship. I love being with God's people. It is the very air that I breathe. You all know my wife Nancy is often the last person to leave the church. She fellowships until the very end. In fact, when we were in New Zealand, we were at a church and the, the pastor said, uh, if you'd like to meet in the parish hall, we'd like to invite you to the parish hall for a tea after the service. So we went back to tea, and we found a couple of people, and we started talking to them. At 1 o'clock, everyone had gone, but uh, the four of us, and the, the priest comes in and said, would you all mind going home so that I could have lunch with <laughs> That's the kind of fellowship we believe in. <laughs> Next, we heard about the apostles' teaching. Christian growth is vital, is vital for everyone. You're either learning and growing or you're dead and dying. One of the best ways I know to grow is to find some daily Bible study that fits your personality. And Lord knows there's enough of them. You can pick one for anything you'd like to deal with. There's a Bible study that's good and solid, not just fluffy stuff. Good, solid Bible study that, um, that you can be a part of. Several years ago, and, and also you need to have good teaching. Several years ago, I heard a, a, a priest by the name of Brian Harden talk about uh, an app that you can get on all your electronic devices called Daily Audio Bible, D-A-B. And it costs 99 cents, but it covers every one of your electronic gadgets that you've got. Um, 
Brian reads the scripture better than anybody I think I've ever heard. Uh, he reads it with feeling, but not drama. Uh, he also gives a short commentary at the end of each day that is just always excellent. Then Father Caleb talks about breaking of bread. Holy communion is vital for a Christian life. We need to receive the body and blood of Christ. It's critical for drawing close to Jesus, for being part of the body. It's an important element for any vital Christian community. Last week, Father Mike told us about prayer. Communicating with God is what draws us into a deeper relationship with the Father, with Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Prayer doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't have to be most gracious Heavenly Father who ought the wellspring of life. It can be simply, good morning, Jesus. Thank you for giving me a restful night's sleep. But if you don't spend time with God in prayer, then your relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit will not deepen. It simply can't deepen. Just as it doesn't deepen if you don't communicate with your spouse, your friends, or anyone. If you want to have a relationship, you need to communicate, and communicate regularly. The last verse in Acts 2 says, it's 2.43, <clears throat> a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. So, what was the first thing the apostles did? What was the first thing the apostles did? Signs and wonders. Okay, That was what happened first. The first thing they did with signs and wonders. They began ex exercising the gifts of the Holy Spirit that God had, get, had released in them on the day of Pentecost. They expected God to be in the miraculous, to use them, and he did. That's where Act 2 left off. Now we come to Acts 3. Now we don't know how long after Acts 2, after the beginning of the, of the church on, on Pentecost, this takes place, but it probably took place pretty quickly after that time. The church, the people of God, had been formed. It had grown from 12 plus to over 3,000 and daily people were being drawn into that fellowship. They were coming to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. So what's the first thing the people of God did? What was the first thing the people of God did? We just heard it in the lesson. They did signs and wonders. They reached out in healing. They expected God to heal. Okay. Um, they expected miracles. They expected God to use them in his church to perform miracles. They had great expectation. And guess what? God fulfilled every one of those expectations. Peter and John, our story today, as Peter and John going up to the temple at 3 o'clock, which is when they often went up for prayers. They went up to, to pray in the temple. And there's a man sitting at the gate, beautiful, who had been there, who was brought there by his friends. He'd been there for years and years. Everyone knew him, came in and out all the time. And he looked up at Peter and, and John, expecting them to give him something. He expected them to give him some money. But Peter says, and he looks at the man, he says, I don't have any silver or gold, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Stand up and walk. And the immediately the man took, he took the man by the hand and he got up and went walking and leaping and praising God. Remember that little song? 
He went walking and leaping and praising God, walking and leaping and praising God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Boom, boom. <laughs> we were learning scripture while we sang those little songs. In fact, that's a lot what happens. A lot of the songs are based on scripture, and you learn scripture by listening to the songs over and over again. And so that he went walking and leaping and praising God. And everyone who saw him was filled with awe and amazement. What about you? What about you? Did you come to church today expecting to be a part of signs and wonders? Think back to your childhood. Remember the night before Christmas. You were excited. You were filled with anticipation. You were excited beyond belief. Your heart was beating rapidly. You couldn't wait to get downstairs and open the presents that had been given you. That's expectation. They had received the gifts, and now they needed to open them. They had received the gifts, and now the expectation was we're going to open them, and we're going to use these wonderful gifts that have been given to us. What about today? Today, as you came into church, you, there's a sign in the back that says, Expect a Miracle. And some of you have walked in and out of this sanctuary for years, time and time again, and have seen that banner over the door. It's been a part of this congregation for well over 45 years. But what is it that we see when we come in and out of that? What expectation do you really have when you come to church? Do you really expect God to work miracles? Or is that just something that hangs on the back of the church and we give kind of lip service to but we don't really believe down deep in our heart that a miracle is going to take place here today. Sadly, many people go to church today with no sense of expectation or a desire to see God work in the miraculous ways in the lives of people. Many people go to church simply to go to church. They expect a little more, and they receive it. If your goal is low, guess what? You're always going to hit it. Aim high. Don't aim low. Expect God to work. We came to church out of a sense of tradition or out of form. They expected nothing was going to happen, and guess what? It didn't for them. 2 Timothy 3.5 says they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. People say, well, I have faith in God. I believe in God. Uh, isn't that enough? Well, James 2.19 says, You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. Many people believe that the Bible is true. They believe that it's possible for God to work miracles, but they don't expect it to happen in their own lives. They don't live in a sense of expectation. And every healing service that I have ever participated in, I have always expected God to come and heal. And you know what? He always does, and people always receive healing. Some people, anyway, always receive healing. Because I always ask at the end of a healing service, how many of you received healing? And you'd be surprised. Time after time, people raise their hands. Oh, they may not have... have have you know, been like this man, walking and leaping and praising God from 
being lame all of his life, but they had a sense of God touching them and healing them. Some of you know that for the past, past 40 years or more, I have had in my pocket an oil stock. I carry it with me wherever I go. If I have on pants, even shorts, you can guarantee that I have an oil stock. I believe not only God can heal, but that he does heal. I've prayed for and anointed people for, with oil in all kinds of places, in public supermarket, in the puppy park, in the common shopping center, in a field in Uganda, and even in church. Many people today have become comfortable with a church that is powerless. They're comfortable not seeing anyone healed, anyone saved, anyone delivered. They're totally comfortable with that. Mark 16, 6, yeah, 16, 17 says, These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in other tongues. If you don't expect these things to happen, then nothing will happen. Expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. Many of you will remember the healing service we had for Father Mike. He told me that he had stage four melanoma. I said, well, we're going to hold a healing service. I asked people to come, not because they believed in healing, but they believed that God would heal Father Mike. That night, this church was full of people from all over every walk of life. We filled this church, and the power of God was electric. We all expected miracles. People's lives were changed. And I knew that whatever happened at M.D. Anderson, Father Mike was healed. But God was present and manifested himself that night in power. Let me tell you what happened. Faith plus expectation equals miracles. Faith plus expectation equals miracles. Look at all the examples in the Bible. Some people say, well, you know, everybody in the Bible wasn't healed. Look at those, but look at those who were. Naaman was healed by washing in a river. The blind Bartimaeus received his sight because he had faith and expectation. The paralytic took up his bed and walked because he had faith plus expectation, and that produced a miracle. The ten lepers received their healing because they expected their lives to change. A man with a withered arm was healed. People were delivered from evil spirits. And I could go on and on and on. Signs and wonders followed the disciples wherever they went. Last week, Nancy shared with me um, what she had heard on Daily Audio Bible. It was the story of the deliverance of Jerusalem from the Assyrian king Sennacherib. Isaiah, Hezekiah was the king of Judah. He was one of the very best kings they ever had. But he stopped paying tribute to Sennacherib. And when he did, Sennacherib laid siege on Jerusalem. The Assyrians mocked Hezekiah's reliance on the Lord to save them. But Hezekiah persisted in prayer. Isaiah, the prophet, assured Hezekiah that Jerusalem would not be conquered because of his prayers. And God heard his prayers and one night, a plague killed 185,000 soldiers. 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. Sennacherib fled home and stayed there 
and Jerusalem was saved. What we see working is God working miracles. Persistence, expectation, action. It's time for all of us to begin expecting God to work great things in our lives. Take a risk. Tell a friend about Jesus. Don't be afraid. People are hungry to know God, and you may be the only person to tell them about Jesus. You don't know. It's vital to be able to do that. Daily, begin to use the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given you. Yes, everyone has received gifts from the Holy Spirit. Use your gifts. Some of those gifts are found in the 12th chapter of, of, uh, of 1 Corinthians. It says there, 7 to 11 kind of thing. It says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. But the same Spirit does work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each one of us so we can help each other. Each one of us has received a gift of the Holy Spirit. This means we all have gifts. You're gifted. Every one of you is gifted. The Bible says so. And I believe the Bible is the Word of God, and I believe what it says, and therefore it says you are gifted, every one of you. It says there, to one person the Spirit gives the gift of wisdom, to another the same gift, the Spirit, same Spirit gives knowledge. The same Spirit gives faith to another, and to someone else the Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern spirits, still another person is given the ability to speak in tongues, while another is given the ability to interpret those tongues. Those are the ones found in, in 1 Corinthians 12. But there are many more found throughout the Bible. Gift of helps, gift of hospitality. Drive someone to chemotherapy or to to, uh, to dialysis. Make a meal for someone who's sick. You know, we have that provision here in church for church members who are ill. We have a, a pantry where people have made casseroles. We put them up, and when someone needs them, we can bring them to them. Go to a nursing home and listen to the stories the patients will say. My son Andrew, when we lived in Wyoming, he went to the, the uh, nursing home just about every day. And I, we asked him why. He said, they have so much, so many wonderful stories to tell. And that's true. Yeah. Uh, volunteer at the hospital. The church, there are greeters and ushers and altar guild and music ministry and children's ministry. And again, the list goes on and on. Just know that each one of you, each one of you is gifted. And you need to offer your gifts and to use your gifts. I know someone here today that changed a whole neighborhood with the gift of hospitality and caring. If you have the gift of hospitality, invite someone who doesn't know Jesus to your home for dinner and share your faith as well as sharing the mashed potatoes. Just as the man at the gate of the temple expected Peter and John to give him something and he gave them Jesus, we need to expect God to work miracles in our lives and in the lives of people that God places within us, for us. Expect God to work miracles, to teach him more about himself, to restore relationships, to heal, to answer prayers. Because know this, 
God is in the miracle business. That's what he does. He does miracles. And we are the instruments of God. Jesus said, greater works than I do. You know what the greater works are? With Jesus, he had one set of hands. We have all of your hands that can go out and touch people's lives. We can be more effective than Jesus because we've got more people, more of you going out. So go out. Expect God to work miracles through you and bring people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's our mission in the world today. Let us pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come to you and ask you to be with us. We can come expecting you to work miracles in our lives. We can come to you expecting you to heal, to restore, to be there for us. Come, Holy Spirit, to each, in each one of us and fill our lives afresh and anew with the power of your Spirit. And give us the courage to exercise the gifts that you have given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.